Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. So we've been in a series, guys, um, about relationships, right? And last week, we just went after, we spoke about sexuality last week and purity. That was crazy. That was crazy, right? We talked about the whole bear, remember that thing, right? And uh, it was, eh, I thought it was good. I don't know, right? But uh, anyway, and we're going into kind of another one on relationships. Have you guys been enjoying the relationship series, though, so far? Has it been good, though? Yeah, it's been good. You've been learning some stuff? Cool. Awesome. That's the goal, is that, that it would bring life, right? Tonight, I felt specifically like we needed to talk about forgiveness and having an unoffendable heart. Because if you are going to be in a relationship, and this isn't even just relationship dating. This is like with your parents. This is with your friends. This is with coworkers. This is with anyone in your life. You need to become so good at forgiveness and being unoffendable, right? And that, that, that is huge, guys, if you're going to make it and have successful relationships in your life. So, hey, can I tell you a story, though? It's kind of tradition. I always tell a story. Um, so there was this one time uh, I was, I used to live down in Lemon Grove in East County. The only problem is I used to work in Oceanside at the same time. So I would drive early in the morning from Lemon Grove all the way to Oceanside. It would take an hour and some change, right? And so I was going on the, or so what I'd do is I would wake up, be super early in the morning, and I would, and I'd go and I'd put coffee in a French press, and then I would go brush my teeth, get ready, and then I'd go, and as I'm waking up in the car, the coffee stew, and I would buckle, buckle them in, you know, right there. And then uh, I, I, I'd sew me a certain mark. I knew it's done. And I'd pour coffee, and I'd turn on worship music and have about an hour of devotional time with the Lord in the car, drinking coffee, kind of waking up on my way to work, right? So there was this day, though, where I was going, and I forgot to buckle them up. So sad, right? And so, and I'm driving, kind of waking up, still kind of figured out. And then a car, like, swerves in front of me, and I slam on the brakes, Right? And immediately, the French press just right off onto the floor. And I have gray carpet in my car at the time. And so I'm in my, my old Honda Civic, good old, his name was Levi. Rest in peace, Levi. Okay? And he, the, the, the French press falls onto the ground. And I'm going like, like, you know, I catch back up. And then I realize it. And it's like 60, 70 miles an hour. I'm late for work. I'm in the fast lane. And I'm looking over. And the coffee's on the ground. And it's like, it's just pouring black coffee right onto my gray carpet, right? And I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to drive, and I'm trying to lean, and I can't get it. And I'm, like, leaning over, and I'm like, come on, right? And I can't get it. And, I, and I'm just watching my coffee pour all over my, and it's a lot. It's a whole French press, and it's just filling up a puddle on the carpet, and I can't do anything about it, right? And I can't even pull over. There's no off-ramps anywhere, and it's one of the freeways where there is no lane. It's just like the wall, and you're like, this is the horrible, right? And so finally, what I'm like looking around panicking. What do I do, right? And I look in the back, and I had uh, one of those like gallon or two-gallon things of water, and I had this thought go through my head. Well, I know water's like polar and it can like pull stains out. And at least it'll dilute it, worse comes to worse. And it won't be a horrible stain if there's water mixed in with it. And so I'm like desperate, right? I took AP chemistry, <laughs> right? And I look over 
And I'm like, oh, this is so messed. And I, and I take it, and I open up, and a whole gallon of water, and I'm driving. And I'm like, this is so messed up. And I just, dunk, 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 dunk. as I'm driving. I'm driving my car going 70 miles an hour with a gallon of water just pouring it, right? People driving by are like, what is that guy doing, right? And they're just seeing me, and I'm like, like just dumping a gallon of water onto my carpet. Like this is so wrong, right? And I know, oh man. So basically I'm just watching and there's like my whole seat is wet and the whole floor is just a pool of water or coffee. It's just nasty, right? So, but then I get to work and I have towels, beach towels on my back and I soak up all the now water coffee and it worked, there was straight up, I had no stain because there was so much more water than coffee. It pulled it all out, and I didn't have a stain in my gray carpet, right? I'm like, that was revelation from the Lord. Thank you, God, right? Right? Anyway, moral of the story is buckle up your French press if you're going to try it, okay? <laughs> so, a lot of times, guys, we... There's moments where you're going in life and someone hurts you, someone cuts you off, wasn't your fault, something happened, and you just get nailed right in the heart with a, with a stain. And you're like, dude, my heart's now been stained and I don't know what to do. And you're looking at it and you're like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. And there's this horrible panic moment, right? But so often the problem is so many of us, we choose to say it's too, oh, it's, it's too hard to get to it. And then we never deal with the unforgiveness and the pain and the stain that's now just been on our hearts. And what we do is we expect the guy to come clean it up. He cut me off. He needs to pull over and fix the stain. And the guy doesn't even know he hurt me. He just on his way. And there's so many people, we think that if we don't forgive them, we're punishing them. And they're just on their way. They didn't even know they hurt us. And we're like, no, they need to come fix this. They need to come heal it. They need to come say they're sorry, right? And that guy's driven away. He doesn't even know. And I'm the one who's all stained up. And the problem is so many of us, we don't do anything about it. And we just hope that it gets cleaned up one day. And then, and then what happens is then my friends get in the car and they're like, dude, what happened? You all right? And I just say, and then I blow up on them. Oh, this guy, he's just gone. I can't believe he hurt me, right? And I'm just exploding on all my friends, right? And then they start to realize, man, I don't really want to go in his car. There's like, I'm going to get stains on my clothes, right? And then you're like, hey, you want to ride? And you're like, no, I'll walk. It's okay, right? <laughs> you know, because you got stains all over your car you never cleaned up, and it's going to stain my clothes if I get into your car, man. But I can't say that to you because... I'm afraid you're going to blow up at me, right? And it's kind of like, <laughs> I'm holding the French press. You want to ride? And, and I keep going the same thing. I have a whole French press. I'm like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's great, right? But if you say anything that hurts me, I'm going to pour on you, right? And it's like this, this weird, like, I want to be nice to you and be your friend, but I'm kind of scared. You blow up all the time. Like, there's stains all over your life and you're not dealing with it and you're so angry at all these different people and there are these landmarks of different stories of hurt you have in your life and you've never dealt with them. And now, and then we wonder and we get furious or we get depressed and say, how come I'm alone? No one wants to be with me. But what if it was because we're extremely bitter, offended people? 
And we need to forgive and deal with our junk. It's not that it's our fault it happened, but it is my responsibility to clean it up. Right? And then what happens is you see these old, bitter people who are like 50, 60, 70, and they're still talking about the wrong that happened to them 50 years ago. They're still talking about how the government messed them up or that person betrayed them or, or my ex that I've been divorced to for 30 years or, or my child or my from so many years ago. And they've never, they just keep the stain there and they're obsessed about it. And then you're just kind of like, man, you did not age well. You were not like a fine wine. You were like, you're like a pickle. Like you like, you were a beautiful cucumber and then you got all covered in bitterness and you just changed into something else, right? You know, like you, you got fermented, man. That's what happened to you, right? Because you never dealt with it. And you gotta, there's a moment where you have to choose even when it's hard, even when you don't want to, even when it's difficult. And you're like, this is messed up. I shouldn't have to do this. You gotta get the water of the Holy Spirit, of the gospel, of forgiveness, and against your feelings, be like, I shouldn't have to do this. This is messed up. Here we go. And just pour it all out and be like, I don't even know if this is gonna work, but I'm gonna, in faith, choose to believe that this is gonna help if I pour it out, right? And you're you got, you got to get the water of the gospel, the water of Jesus, the water of the Holy Spirit, and you have to choose to walk through forgiveness and pour it out. Otherwise, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be covered with offense, unforgiveness, and stains. See, in any relationship, they're going, people are going to hurt you. We're just people. And what happens is if I don't deal with the stain, then the minute I hear that person's name, my heart jumps again. I'm like, oh, right? It's like Voldemort. And you're like, no, they said it, right? <laughs> and then, and then, and then it's, it's almost like, have you ever noticed? It's like every person in the town bought their same car. Like, it's like you see their car everywhere. And every time you see their car, your heart jumps. You're like, oh, no, they're going to see me. And you're like, oh, other people in the world own the same car, you know? Because I never dealt with it. And anytime I see anything like it, I get triggered and all messed up because I've never dealt with the stain. Carrying an unoffendable heart, guys, carrying forgiveness, it's not about others ultimately. It's about myself. What does offense and forgiveness have to do with relationships? Everything. Pretty much everything. Not, not a day will go by when offense isn't like knocking at the door. Because you're called to live in community, which means every day there's going to be something that offends you. And you can either learn to deal with it and be quick to deal with forgiveness and have an unoffendable heart, or you can live a life filled with these stains all over the place all the time. Christians are called, we're commanded, we're compelled, we're challenged to be unoffendable, guys. Your wife one day is going to say something that hurts your feelings. Your husband one day... Your husband one day is going to say something that was really not sensitive. Your, your parents, your kids, your friends, your coworkers, they're going to say something. And if you're unwilling to forgive or receive forgiveness, really you're unwilling to have any real relationships in your life. Because you're going to have a bunch of people stepping around stains and being fake around you, hoping they don't accidentally trigger you. 
and then you don't, the very thing you long for is real, raw relationships, and you won't get it if you're easily offended. Because no one feels safe. Every, even your relationship with God is based upon forgiveness. And if you think you're all stained up, you're going to tiptoe around God. Afraid. And he's like, dude, don't be afraid. Let's deal with this thing. Let's forgive. So what does God think about forgiveness? We're going to talk about what does forgiveness do to me? How do I forgive? And then how do I just stay unoffendable? All right. The goal is tonight that we become the most unoffendable people in the world, right? Say, unoffendable. You can't offend me. I'm not a victim, right? You can't offend. Yeah, you can say that too. That's good. That's good. She's ready. You can't offend me. I'm not a victim, right? What does God think about forgiveness? Forgiveness is the gospel. That's it. It literally is the gospel. God forgave. Alexander Pope, he was a famous poet. He said, to err is human. To forgive is divine. So if forgiveness is divine, and I believe that's true because it's the gospel, which means it's from God's heart, so it's divine. If, if forgiveness is divine, then where is unforgiveness from? Hell. Yeah. If forgiveness is from heaven, unforgiveness is from hell. Unforgiveness is like hell to your soul. It is poison to your soul, and to your mind, to your body. It is poison to choose offense, bitterness, grudges, unforgiveness, to hold them in. It will give you a temporary pleasure. It'll make you feel like justice, like, yeah, they hurt me and I'm going to hate them for it. It's kind of like sin. It'll give you a temporary pleasure, and then it's going to betray you and eat you alive. Forgiveness, guys, this is why God is so adamant about it. Being offendable and unforgiveness is one of the, I believe that oh, if you are easily offended and if you choose not to forgive people, it is one of the greatest self-sabotaging things you can do in your life. You will destroy your relationships, your career, everything. And so this is my point one, if you're taking notes, is forgiveness is not an option. It's a commandment. It is a commandment, guys. Forgiveness is the gospel. And if you cannot get forgiveness in your life, then you don't really have the gospel in your life. Christians, like I said, they're, they're, they are challenged and compelled to be unoffendable. We as Christians were called to be the most unoffendable people on the planet. To say that, that you're a Christian, but you can't forgive someone, I mean, it's an oxymoron. That's like saying, I'm a vegetarian. I don't really believe in eating veggies, though. You're like, how does, how does that work? I thought that was like the definition of, what? You're like, I'm a Christian, which is because of forgiveness. And say, I can't forgive anyone though. I can't forgive with them. You don't know what they did to me. It's like, wait, you're, forgiven, you're a Christian who doesn't believe in forgiveness? How do, you, how do you do that? Christianity is forgiveness, right? God is so serious about this, guys. He go. This is these are these are his words, not mine. Here we go. This is if you thought I was convicting, you should read the Bible. This is crazy. Here we go. Matthew six, twelve. It says, "And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But uh oh, there's a but. 
I hate, man, I, the butts in the Bible are rough, man. They're, it, like, it makes you think, yeah, everything I just said, listen to this, though, <laughs> right? But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And these are Jesus' words. Neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's insane. Because you're like, God will forgive me of everything, but I don't have to forgive you. And it's like, well, then you just found something God's not forgiving you on, according to this. Because Jesus said that right there. The message says you can't get you can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. So it's not like God's like, I ain't forgiving you now. No, it's like God is forgiveness. So the very spot where you step in and you say, I cannot forgive there, you're basically saying, God, you are not welcome here. Because God is forgiveness. He is love. This is his essence. This is his being. This is his character. This is who he is. And so when you say, I will not forgive there, you are saying, I will not have God in that part of my life. And you are cutting yourself off from him. That's why you're putting a wall up. You say, God, you cannot talk to me here. Like, this is a big deal. We have to forgive as Jesus forgave. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. How much did Jesus forgive me for my sins? A lot. Like, all of it, <laughs> right? That means I'm called to forgive all of it. And I cannot hold offense in my heart towards others or towards myself. You're included in this. Right? The very area you say, I cannot forgive myself in, you're saying, God, I, I can't have you there. You're included in this. You're commanded to forgive yourself for what you've done and forgive the others. Mark eleven twenty five. 25, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. Jesus says, hey, hey, when you're praying, when you come to worship and then you're in worship and then that dude walks in and you're like, oh, you're singing good, good father. And you're like, I hate that guy, right? You have to, God says, stop. whoa, stop, go forgive and then come back, right? He says like, I would rather you forgive than pray to me right now. That's crazy. He says, when you're praying, stop, go forgive. And then come talk to me when you forgave, <laughs> right? Like, that's crazy. He puts a priority of forgiveness above worship and prayer in this moment. He's like, when you're doing this, just stop and go do it, come back. Like, that's crazy. How often do we forgive? So how many times? How often do we forgive, right? There's a Jewish teaching at the time uh, that, that basically said that you, knew, you only need to forgive someone three times. That's what it said. And they just taught only three times. That's it, right? You only need to forgive three times. After that, you don't need to forgive them anymore. That was like a common teaching of the day. It's not in the Bible. These Pharisees just kind of made it up, right? And so Matthew 18, it says this. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brothers when he sins against me? Up to seven times? So he's like, he's like I know it's three. I'm a double it plus one right? This is, this is Peter saying, look how awesome I am, Jesus. Everyone says three, I'll do seven. I'll go the extra mile plus a quarter mile, right? Like, oh, 
I'll do it, Jesus, right? And he's showing how amazing he is. Peter knows the answer is the common of the day, right? But he says this. Then Jesus answers, I tell you not seven times, but 70 times seven. And the apostles are like, oh, dang. That's crazy. Like, dang. Like, like. 490 times? Are you kidding me? Right? The, the tax collector, Matthew, he's like adding it up. He's like, that's a lot. What? I always thought it was three. 490. Are you kidding me? Right? And can you imagine? You're like, someone offends you. You're like, 489. You don't think I'll remember? I'll remember. Right? Months goes later. 421. Right? A year later. You're at like 305, bro. Right? Five years later, you only got 53 left. It's getting real thin, right? And you, you keep it. No, like no one's going to do that. No one can keep track. That's the point. You're like, only five more and I don't ever have. I've been doing this 490 times with you, right? I'm not doing it again, right? No, no, no. He's saying like you're not meant to keep track. That's the point. It's such an absurd, huge number. Keep forgiving and never keep track of it, right? You can't be like, this is the fifth time this has happened. It's like, no, forgive. Forgive. Forgive yourself. Even if it's the 490 time you fell into lust again. Forgive yourself. Run to the Lord. Ask for forgiveness. Right? Don't let it be a stain. You just walk around. Even when you hate yourself because you keep messing up, you got to forgive. Forgiveness is so embedded in the heart of Christ that as he is getting nails shoved through his palms, the only words that come out of his mouth are, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's insane. He says, Father, forgive them. Surely I, I can not get offended when they get my order wrong. <laughs> when someone cuts me off on the road, right? The stupid little things like, I ordered this and I paid money for this and, and, and then we get all worked up. And God's like, seriously? Like, what? Really? really? You're a Christian. You're a Christian. But also even for the tragedies, for the hard things, like I... Oh, such horrible, hard things. And I get that. Even then, though, he says, you got to forgive him. If maybe if he can say that while nails are going through his hands, maybe I can have the strength in him to forgive the people who hurt me. God knows he's so adamant, like I said, because forgiveness is for you. It's actually a gift for you. It's not a gift for the person that hurt you. It's a gift for you. Lewis B. Smeads, he wrote this book called Forgive and Forget. And he wrote, when you release the wrongdoer from the wrong, you cut a malignant tumor out of your inner life and you set a prisoner free. But then you discover the real prisoner was yourself. You realize, I just set myself free by forgiving. Forgiveness, it doesn't set the other person free. It really, it sets you free. The word forgiveness that they use all the time of forgive, it's this word, uh, a femi. I'm going to say a femi. I think that's how it's pronounced. I don't know. It's Greek to me. All right. So, and it means this. It says to send away, to divorce from something, to let go, to give up a debt and to forgive. He says divorce, a separation, a breaking of this covenant. Like that's what he says. And so when he says, forgive them for their sins, he says, divorce them from their sins. 
what they did against you, break that away from them. You have to divorce them from you. You have to divorce yourself from your sins. It's kind of like in the Bible where it says that we died with Jesus. And when we died with him, the marriage we had with sin was nullified because we were dead. And sin was married to a dead bride now. And he said, when we are raised again, we're now married with Christ. You were divorced from your sin nature. You were divorced. And that's what you're called to do is divorce sin out of people's lives. T.D. Jakes, he says, I think that the first step to understand forgiveness is that it does not exonerate the perpetrator. Forgiveness liberates the victim. It's a gift that you give to yourself. And, and hear me clear, because I know this is kind of intense, and it's, it's, but it doesn't excuse what was done to you. And I want you to hear that loud and clear. Like it doesn't, it's not saying that what they did to me was okay. It doesn't say what, what happened was okay at all. It, it, all it does is it frees you from that thing coming against you. What will happen is if you're not willing to forgive even that tragedy, even that thing that was so horrible that was done against you, it, it'll continue to replay in your mind. And, 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 and anger and shame and fear, all those things will continue to be in your mind and, it'll just, and you'll continue to be a prisoner of this memory in your mind in fear of things in life or happening again or not being able to trust and stuff. So when you forgive, you're not saying what happened was okay. But what you're saying is I'm giving that to you now, God. And it allows you to stop hitting replay. And it allows you to start to actually walk out and live a normal life again. My Angelo, she said, it's one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself is to forgive everybody. Forgiveness will divorce that memory from your mind. Uh, many people, they, uh, and it's, it's a huge honor, it's a huge compliment, um, they constantly say, oh, you're so happy, you're so joyful, you're so funny, and I, and I love that. I love making people laugh, I, I really do. And, but a lot of people, they talk about it like it was so easy, and Probably Dominic's the only one in this room who knew me years ago when it wasn't easy, when I was hurt and I was bitter and I was cold. And the thing is, how did I get so happy and joyful and all this stuff? Because I've been through a lot of crap, <laughs> right? I have been through a lot of junk, right? And he could tell you part of them, right? He was one of the only ones who knows, right? Like, I've been through some serious stuff. And what happened is I chose to forgive, Every one of those moments, I've had moments where I sat with a professional counselor, told them what happened, and they said, wow, you should have PTSD, right? And they said, wow, you should kind of be mentally insane. Like most people are insane by now with that, what happened to you. And they said, what? yeah, I don't really know by the grace of God. I don't know why you're not crazy, right? I'm like, maybe I'm a little crazy, but right. But, and I believe it was because of forgiveness, because the symptoms of what, it didn't mess because I chose to forgive it and give it to God. And it protected my mind and my heart. It healed me, right? And the reason I'm so happy and joyful now is because it's really hard to offend me. Right? It's really hard to offend me and it doesn't get into me. And people say mean things to me quite often. 
right? I work with youth. They're not very sensitive. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, Jamal's like, I get it. No. I've had, oh, man, I've had so many youth say some mean things to me, right? And you're just like, I love you. Come here. Right? No, no. But the youth, they also say some of the most special, beautiful things that's ever happened in my life. So I want to also honor them, right? You know, seriously. Um, I love them so much. But I've had to learn to be unoffended, right? And I've had moments in my life with people who seriously did some messed up things to me. And, and I so badly wanted to hate them. And I so was so angry. And there was, there was injustice and there was all this stuff. And I remember so struggling with this. And I said, God, I can't forgive them. Like, I, I can't. Like, I, you know, you were there. You know what they did to me, God. I cannot forgive them. And then what happened is, as I was saying this to God, I saw this picture, and I saw them standing there, and there was like something in the way, and I could kind of see them. And I stepped back, and I looked up in the picture, and it was Jesus nailed and bleeding and dying on the cross. And he was standing between me and them, and he looked at me, and he said, is this enough to pay for what they did to you? And I was so like, broken and I, I either tell Jesus to his face on the cross dying no you're not enough to forgive them or I actually start to believe this was enough and I said okay it's enough the cross is enough to forgive them for what they did to me and then the picture changed and it was like it was me if I was split into two and I saw myself on the other side of the cross and the cross was in between me and myself and, it, and it, bleeding and dying and all this stuff, he looked at me and he said, is this enough to pay for what you did? And once again, I have to, I'm forced to look at Jesus in the face and say, no, your cross was not enough to forgive me. Or I'm forced to stop and say, like, I'm forgiven. Your cross is enough to forgive me. And I have to forgive me for what I've done. And so whenever I need forgiveness now, I, I just picture that and I look to the cross. He said what he did was enough. So how do we forgive? Just want to get some, some practical. How we a lot of times people think forgiveness is based on trust or on feelings. And a lot of times people, I hear it all the time, I'll forgive them when I can trust them again. Or I'll forgive them when they show me that, you know, they're different. Or I'll forgive them when they, when they, right? And we do this with ourselves. I'll forgive myself when I'm finally better. When I'm not struggling with this anymore, then I can forgive myself, right? But the, the problem is, once again, that's based upon actions and not on the grace of God. And your forgiveness cannot be based on trust. And I, and I want to also give you guys... It's okay, you, you, you have to forgive them, but you, you don't need to trust them. Like, if someone, yeah, if someone hurts me really bad, I forgive them, I love them, but now we need to work towards gaining trust again, right? I get that. So I'm not saying you have to immediately trust them again. That, that, that has to be rebuilt, right? But you do have to forgive, right? Otherwise, it'll come off onto you. Pastor Daniel, once there was a thing that happened to one of my youth girls, and I was furious, and I was angry, and I wanted to go, like, like I'm not an angry man, and I wanted to go punch this guy, right, because he did something to one of my girls, uh, one of my youth kids, and I, and I told Pastor Daniel, and I was so angry, and Pastor Daniel, first thing he said was, you need to forgive that man, 
And I was like, what? And he said, if you don't, it'll jump off onto you, and you're going to be the prisoner of it. Will you forgive him for what he did to one of the ones you loved? Right? And I was like, oh, and I had to walk with Pastor Daniel through forgiveness for this man for what he had done to one of my youth kids. Right? And because I had to release myself from it. Forgiveness, it's not based upon a feeling. People say, I can't, when I feel like I've forgiven to them, then I'll really know I've done it. And I feel all the time, people are like, when I, when I feel good with them, then I'll know I finally forgave them. And it's like, no, 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 that's, that's backwards. That's like saying, you know, when my arm feels, I know I just broke it, right? But when it feels better, I'll put a cast on it. And you're like, what, wait. That's not going to work. Like, your arm's broken. The cast is going to be what helps it to heal. Forgiveness is that cast that's going to help your heart heal, right? It'd be absurd to walk around with a broken arm, right? And, but people, they're not, when they're not willing to forgive themselves or others, their hearts are all just broken. Forgiveness is that cast. So what is it based upon? Well, I showed you forgiveness is a gift from God, and like all gifts from God, it is activated through faith. Forgiveness, you tap into it through faith. You, in faith, grab the water and say, let's hope this works. I forgive, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. <laughs> right? You just dump it out. <laughs> right? And you're like, that, you have to activate it through faith. Choose to say, no, I forgive them. No, I forgive myself. Philippians 1.6, it says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. He says, there will be day. I promise you that the work I've done in you will be made into completion, right? I promise you it is going to work. And, and the thing is, a lot of times you, you forgive and people forgive and they think that that just means it's gone immediately, right? But it's not. Five minutes later, you're like, I hate them again, right? What happened? <laughs> I thought I just forgave him, right? And you have to forgive again. And you say, no, I forgave him. And then an hour later, it's back. You still hate him. And you're like, no, God, I forgave them. I gave it to you. Devil, I forgave them. I release all judgment to God. I give it all away. Jesus was enough to forgive them. I do not hold anything against them. I forgive them, right? And then Tuesday comes, I hate him. <laughs> right? and you're like, no, I forgive them today. And it'll be multiple times a day. And then when you choose to walk in the renewing of the mind of forgiveness, then all of a sudden it'll start to become maybe once a day. And you still say, no, I forgive them. I gave it to God. I'm not thinking about a devil. I am not letting my mind go back to that way of life and that memory. I'm choosing to move forward. The cross was enough. I move forward, right? And then, and then eventually it'll become maybe once a week. And then eventually, if you're faithful and God, God keeps, he will complete the work. And then eventually, maybe it's only once a month. And then eventually, it's only once every six months. And then eventually, maybe it's only once a year, right? And then maybe it's like, you know, it's been 10 years, and I don't even remember the pain of what they've done to me. But I want to tell you, it doesn't have to be 10 years. God can accelerate it. Like, I had horrible, painful things that I walked through exactly one year ago like today, right, in this last weekend. And so those painful memories of my life happened a year ago, and I can stand before you and say, I don't feel any pain at all. God completely healed me, completely restored me, completely repaired me, completely, right? 
because I daily walked in forgiveness and called upon the cross is enough. And Jesus, what happened, what they did, died. And I get to live the resurrected life of Christ now. Because it, it didn't just die and go to the grave. You got reborn and brought back. Corey Ten Boom. Oh, man, her story's crazy. She's in World War II and crazy stuff happened. She said, forgiveness is an act of the will. And the will can function regardless of the temperature of your heart. So how do we stay unoffendable? And I'm going to end on this. Are you guys doing okay? This is kind of an intense message. I'm trying to just drill in forgiveness. How do you stay unoffendable, right? There's a story in Matthew 10, 14. It says that if any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, shake the dust from your feet as you leave. A lot of times people, they think of this as a weird like, like, all right, you're going to get judged. It's not up to me. Like this weird like, when fire comes down, it's not my fault. I tried. Like, good luck, right? And that's what they think. Put the dust off, like whatever, right? And that's, that's not what it meant at all. In actuality, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, about offense for them. When, he, when he's saying in the part, when he says, shake the dust off your feet, whatever you got on you from that house, get it off and leave it there and hit reset and move on to the next house. Whatever offense hurt you, whatever came at you, shake it off, give it to God, dust it off your feet. And move on as though it hadn't happened, right? Move on to the next home. And then, you tr- and then you give it to the next home again, right? And so what do you do when, when that person cuts you off and you're angry? You immediately shake it off. Say, okay, God, I'm dusting it off. What do you do when that person says something really offensive to you, right? I like one of my youth kids, he was, he was just, he's, he's so sweet. He was just like, why are you so old and still not married? And I'm like, Shake it off, shake it off, <laughs> right? Because God's got the perfect one waiting for me. And you will be at my wedding one day, bro, pray for me, right? Like, right? I've had so many people like, oh yeah, guys, it's great. So you shake it off, you shake it off. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. He, he, he also was like, what are you, like 40 now? I'm like, shake it off, bro, come here. Give me a hug. (laughs) So to recap, guys, forgiveness, it's not an option. It's a commandment because forgiveness is for you. It's not, it's not for them. And, and what do we do? We, we choose it by faith. So do you, the question is, do you have unforgiveness in your heart? You know, maybe there was a, there was a tragedy. You know, you were hurt, you were attacked emotionally, physically, like you were the victim in that moment. So many people, there were children and they were hurt and it was wrong. But you have to forgive and let go of the pain. Don't let that person keep hurting you. Let, you gotta let it go. Even if it wasn't your fault. It, and it doesn't say it should have ever happened. It shouldn't have happened and it was wrong. And I'm so sorry. But God, he's just coming around you tonight. He's putting his like coat around you, his arm around you, and he's crying with you, and he says, will you give it to me? Some of you had abusive parents, and you were raised by parents that, you know, verbally, emotionally were abusive towards you. Some of you had absent parents, and your parents, they never hurt you, never touched you. They just didn't seem to care. 
and they weren't there either. And you carry around unforgiveness in your heart towards the absent parent who they, sh- they didn't father and mother me. They're more like roommates than parents. Some of you, it was a relationship you had with a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or uh, an engagement or marriage or something like that. And, and it, somewhere it went south. They cheated on you or something happened. Or, and, it, and I see a lot of people carrying a lot of weight from past relationships. There's some of you that we talked about sexuality last week. You can't forgive yourself because you, you gave up your virginity to somebody and you, you carry this weight of like, I'm, I can't believe I did that. I, I'm, I feel horrible. Oh man, you have to forgive yourself. God already did. You got to let go. Some of you, yeah, you're your worst critic and your worst enemy. And God's asking you tonight, he's standing before you at the cross and he's saying, is this enough? Something God showed me, and I've been saying this a lot lately, that at the altar of God, that's where our sacrifices are given, that's where our sin is paid for, and it's where marriages are made. That's what happens at altars. And I felt tonight, similar to last week, but I just felt like there was people who needed to get free of unforgiveness towards themselves, especially, but towards others, towards things that happened to them. And you have to take a moment to say, God, I forgive, and I'm choosing to let go. And so right now, we're going to we're going to take a moment, and you're going to ask God. Maybe, hey, tech team, if we could dim, these, dim the lights, and then we'll turn up the worship music a little bit. And guys, you can, you're taking a moment, and you're asking, you're asking God right now, God, is there any unforgiveness in my heart? Is there an area I'm not forgiving someone, or I'm not forgiving myself in? And let him bring that person or that moment to mind. And I want to encourage you when you feel something or God shows you something. I know we just did this last week, but we're hitting something else. I want to encourage you just to come and lay it down. Lay it down. Do something physical to say, okay, God, I'm getting up and I'm walking this out and I am laying down and I am forgiving I'm forgiving. So at your seat, you can get on your knees or you can come forward or you can go in the aisle or go in the back. I don't care, but just do something where you're saying, God, I'm giving this to you and I'm releasing this to you. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.